0: Welcome to our One Cause Church podcast. This is Pastor Eric Holler. I want to take a moment to first say thank you. Thank you to you who are faithful subscribers. Uh, We are so blessed to be connected to you in this way. And if this is your first time, welcome. Today's message is in a series called The Future is Now. And we do have a little technical issue in the very beginning with my microphone. Uh, It's a little staticky, but you can still hear what's going on. But about 13 minutes and 30 seconds into it, I switch mics. So if you can't take the static, you can just fast forward to that part. But the service was so powerful. The Lord just manifested his presence in this place in such a powerful way. I just didn't want you to miss out on it. And uh, so just understand uh, that there is a little sound issue in the beginning, but it's worth listening to. Thank you again. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of First John. It's before 2 John and chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. 1 John chapter 4 verse 17. It says this love has been perfected among us in this. Love has been perfected, has been completed. Has come to full maturation among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You know, I think one of the... I don't, I don't just think it is, I know it is. Is a real lack of understanding in the body of Christ amongst the children of God concerning His love. Yes. Concerning how much... He loves us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what that love does in us and for us and through us. Yeah. And this gives us a huge, huge look into the love of God, the potential that's there, the power that's there, the truth of it. And that truth is it's so perfected in us, it's so complete in us, that on the most terrifying day possible, the most terrifying day imaginable to people to stand before the judge of all the earth and give account, to stand before the judgment seat of God and yet have boldness at that place of judgment. This is what love, this is the intent of love, this is the function of love, this is the operation of the love of God to bring you into a relationship totally assured and totally secure in him. This is a love that cost him dearly for us to have. This love cost his son dearly his life. But God was willing to pay the price so that you could experience this kind of love. That on the great and terrible day of the Lord, the scripture says, you and I have boldness. Because we're not confident in ourselves. Not because we did so many good things in life. Not because I lived right not because I prayed all the time not because I was a member of one college church even though if I were God I would say that's a prerequisite but not because of any of those things not by any works of righteousness that we've done I stand before the judge and I boldly declare I'm bold here today because Jesus got me here not because I did he got me here when he saved me he died for my sins that's what I boast in He died for my sins, so I don't have to die from my sins. Amen. He was married. He rose again the third day. And because of that, I can stand before the very judge himself in boldness. Because as he is, so are we in this world. See, if God were to judge you as a child of God, He also has to judge his son again. Because you're in him. So there's no separation now between you and Jesus and the spirit. You're one spirit with God. He was joined to the Lord's one spirit with him. You have his spirit in you and you are in Christ and Christ is in you. So how how could God justly judge you? That means he'd have to judge Jesus. It's just not going to happen. Because Jesus was judged once for all, he died once for all, and he carried our sins far away from us, never, 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 never to account them to us again. And he rose in glory and power and majesty and in might, overcoming death, hell, and the grave for us. we got to go to Ephesians right quick. I don't mean to start preaching. No, yeah, I do. Ephesians chapter 2. Boldness, in the you know the word boldness here means I love it. It means freedom in speaking. Right. You'd think that we stand before God, the Judge. You'd be like, <laughs> you just keep hearing anything you can say, anything you say can and will be used against you <laughs> in the court of God. <laughs> no, He said, we come boldly speaking. What do we boldly declare? Christ died for my sins. <laughs> That's my bold declaration. Woo! Ephesians 2, verse 6, I think. Oh, let's back up to... Do I have it here? Four. I'm sorry, four. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us. See what's behind all of this? It's the love of God. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses or dead in sin, made us. When? When did he make us alive together? When we were dead. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Next. Right. And raised us up together. Well, who's us? Huh? It's us and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's us and Jesus. That's who's telling me. Raised us up together, just like he made us alive together with Christ, he raised us up together with Christ. Yeah. The whole thing is about our togetherness with Jesus. And made us sit together, who we're we sitting together with? All right. in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Right. So check this out. This is what happened when you were dead in sins. God, because of his love, because of his love, yeah. made us alive together with Jesus. When did that happen? When did that happen? It happened when we were dead in sin. Made us alive together. Well, how long is Jesus going to be alive? So if you're alive with him, how long are you going to be alive then? That really made me feel good saying that. If he's going to live forever and we're alive with him, that means how long are we going to live? But when did that happen? When we were dead in trespasses. Well, how in the world did that happen? It's already done? I mean, it's one thing for me to know that I'm going to live forever, but also another thing to understand that I'm living forever right now. And that was true from God's part. God made us alive and staticky in the speakers. What is that? that? He made us alive so God, God's part was to do it when we were dead in sins. Our part is to receive it by faith. Yeah. Yes. See, he's, he's done everything he can do, but we have a part to play in this. And it's not works, and it's not performance, and it's not. It's receive it. Right. It's receive it, to believe it. By grace you have been saved through faith. Okay, so he made us alive together. That's, that's good. So we know that we, we will be alive forever, and we, that means we already are because this happened when we were dead in sin before we ever even believed on him. The future is now. And raised us up together. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, guess what? So were you. Now, wait a second. We're sitting here. We're breathing. We're alive. And we know that someday if Jesus tarries, that we're all going to grow old, and we're going to die, right? Isn't that the beautiful reality of living on the earth? But that's not the end there, because this says he raised us. Not, he, he did it already. So everything that Jesus did, he did for us. So since he was raised, that means you will be raised. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no question about your resurrection. Paul said if if... Paul said that if the dead do not rise, then Christ isn't raised. Because there's only one reason he was to assure that we are. So if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Jesus is still dead in the grave. But he's not. And so neither will you be. That's the hope that we have. That's why we don't weep as those who have no hope who have lost others because we know the end of the story. We know because he rose, we will rise too. But see, here's the thing. We know that that will happen someday. We know that our resurrection will happen someday. But we also need to understand that it already has happened because he raised from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Are you catching this? So the future is now. There's none of this hope it happened. No, it's done. It's done. And made us sit together with him. Made us sit together. So he made us alive. He raised us up. You raise me up. Okay, I'm sorry. Every high school graduation. Good God. We're still doing this song. Somebody write a new one, please. Well, you know, when I was younger, it was, uh, you are the wind beneath my wings. you yeah, I remember that one. Fly. All right, stop. And raised us up. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So where are we seated? Here in this room, Pastor Eric. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But there's a heavenly place you're seated. Now, when did all that happen? Is it going to happen? Yeah. Did it already happen? Yeah. And you come into that right now, future reality right now by faith. That's your access to everything that is to come. But you have it now. I know this might be a bit confusing, and it is if we're only thinking in natural terms. That's why we need faith. That's why we need to understand we are a spirit. That's the essence of who we are. This body is just housing who we really are, right? But in the spirit, it shows us that we're seated right now. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Well, that's why the scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world, because where he is, so are we. And in this body, (laughs) in this earth... We're walking this thing out by faith, and we're connecting to God in that way, and we're accessing the word "heavenly" here means: things that take place in heaven. <laughs> I like that. things that take place in So think about where you're sitting. You're sitting amongst things that take place in heaven. Why? Why does it tell us that that's our reality right now? Why doesn't it just tell us that someday that's all going to happen? Because God wants you to access what's there here right now so that you can understand and be aware of as he is. Oh, so am I in this world? Not, Not so I will be in heaven, but so am I in this world? It doesn't say as he was, it says as he is, and he's seated and he's reigning Next to the right hand of the throne of God, that means that you have a reigning position to take on this earth right now. That you reign in life by the man Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God that comes into your life that causes you to reign. You know that you're born to reign. You're born to have dominion. You're not of those who succumb to circumstances. You're not of those who just kind of take life as it happens. That's not who you are. That's not how God created you. He created you to be on top. Amen. He created you in his image to win, to overcome, to live in victory every day of your life. Amen. Because the greater one, the scripture says, lives in you. Greater is he who lives in you than he who lives in the world. And this is the victory because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That means overcomes the world. That is everything in this world. Do I need to change microphones? Okay. We will do so right now. Thank you very much. How about that? Is that better? I kind of like my distortion guitar voice. (laughs) Whatever's born of God. Anybody born of God in here? Overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. That means... It's all-encompassing, the world and everything in it and everything that happens in this world. Amen. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith, 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 faith. The substance of things hoped for, the right now of the future. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I know maybe you're seeing things right now that are difficult. Maybe you're surrounded by difficult circumstances. Difficulties in your health, maybe your family, your marriage, finances, your workplace. Hmm? But the greater one's in you. The one who's on your side is in you. And the scripture says, if God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. That's why we need faith in God. So I need to be reminded the future is now. Wait, wait, wait. I, say, I can have what he says I can have because it's already done. So I'm going to access that by faith. And I will not accept things as they are. You are here. Listen to me. Faith does not accept things as they are. Faith changes things. What's the point of having faith if it's, you're just going to live the same old life like everybody else does? Hey, how's it going? Same old different day. Well, anybody can live that life. All you have to do is exist for that. But you're not called to just exist. You're called to conquer. Amen. Remember this. It's how you got here in the first place. It's how you got here. At your conception, you were in a contest with a million other uh, uh, contestants. You were in a race, and you made it to the egg first. You already conceived a winner. Amen. Born to conquer. Born to win. It's as graphic as we're going to get in church today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Let's turn there. Verse 13. Verse 10. Did I say 13? Let's go back to 10 instead. I'm sorry, Brooke. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Okay, so what Paul is teaching us here are those who who live by rules, who believe that their good deeds make them right with God and keep them right with God. OK, uh, this is talking about particularly the law, the works of the law, the law of God. But my family, people make up their own laws all the time and, and try to make them fit into righteousness and holiness. And most of it has to do with stopping having any fun in life, <laughs> calling stuff sin that's not even sin in the scriptures. And abounding in it and, and, and emphasizing sin, 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 sin. Rather than the incredible grace of God. And so because it, sin, sin is emphasized, guess what? People live in sin. Because they just keep thinking of the power of sin, the power of sin, the power of sin. Instead of the power of his grace that causes us to live above sin. All right, And living by rules and edicts and man's traditions and mantras and denominational lists. And all that kind of stuff is what binds us to fail. Time and time again. As many as are the works of the law are under the curse. What's that curse? You'll never measure up. That's the curse. you never measure up. You're always breaking some rule. You're always failing at some point. Hmm? Cursed is everyone. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. See, that's the harshness of the law. Oh, man. That's the harshness of the law right there. The law, you know, what, you know what that says? The law is never satisfied. The law is never satisfied. You must continue in all the things that are written in the law to do them. You don't get to pick and choose. If you decide you're going to live by the rules, you have to keep all of them. That's what it's saying. If the law could sing a song. If it, if it had a theme song, it would be something like this. I can't get no satisfaction. And I try, and I try, and I try. I can't get no. All right. That's, this is the song of the law. It's never satisfied. Next. <laughs> Aren't you grateful for the Rolling Stones today? Amen. (laughs) Praise God for the Rolling Stones. But no one, but that no one, watch this, no one is justified by the law on the side of God is evident. So keeping the rules still doesn't do it. No, the law can't satisfy and the law can't justify. It can't be satisfied and it cannot justify. For the just shall live by what? Oh, that's a much better deal, my family. Much better deal. Much better deal than trying to keep the rules. The just shall live by faith. Next, verse 12. Yet the law is not of faith. Oh, okay. It's all about do and don't do. Obey, 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 obey. The law is not of faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, once he starts doing it, he has to live by it. Wow. You know what that means? The law will never be modified. It's not satisfied, it can't justify, and it will never be modified. You start down this road, you gotta stay down this road. The rules aren't changing because it gets hard. They're not changing. The law of God will not be modified. Do you see why we need help? You see why we need something greater than rules? Because rules, even, even if we try, Paul said, I kept all the rules. Concerning the law, I was blameless, and you know what? I ended up at self-righteousness. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. I did all of this stuff, and the highest that I could attain was self-righteousness. In other words, I became a jerk. Self-righteous people are not nice people. Hmm? I mean, he was a big-time jerk. And he had this conviction. That was the scary thing about him. And that's, that's what makes people like ISIS and these other terrorist groups scary because they have a conviction about what they're doing. They're not just... Wanted to do evil, they feel like they're doing the right thing. They feel like it's for God. Paul thought he was doing this for God. Saul of Tarsus thought he was doing it for God. And then he found out he was fighting God, not fighting for God. Amen. Yeah, the law is not a faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ, whoo, thank God for 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So what's the curse of the law? You'll never measure up. And there are consequences. So Jesus became the consequence to breaking the rules. Isn't this glorious? He became the consequence. He became a curse. We have to get this so that we can see just the reality of living in the future is now. He became a curse. For it is written, curse is everyone." Who hangs on a tree? That's in the law of God. Next, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What you need to understand is we've been redeemed from every curse. I believe it's Romans 8 that says, um, thank you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. I need you to understand something today. Every curse was stopped here. Every, when he became a curse, he took care of every curse. The greatest generational curse that ever was, that we were powerless to do anything about, was the curse of sin and death. That came from Adam. And every one of us was born with that curse. Think about that. Your, your beginning, even though in some ways it's really awesome the way you were conceived and all that, but the spiritual condition was you were born in sin. It was passed down to you. You didn't, you didn't earn it. <laughs> you didn't get it because you sinned. You got it because Adam sinned. Now watch this. So this curse, this generational curse, continued to pass down from generation to generation. still being passed down today. Generation after generation it's the curse of sin and death, but Christ has redeemed us from that and for those who put their faith in Christ you come out from that generational curse of sin and death into this blessing of Abraham that we just read about I will bless you and you will be a blessing the blessing of Abraham which takes you from a generational curse to a generational blessing because God said I'm the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob this is Everything about your family, everything about your life changed from a legacy of curse to a legacy of faith, to a legacy of blessing, so that he's not just your God. He's the God of your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. Amen. Amen. Everything changed. The curse is broken. So listen to me. You need to get this, because maybe you've been duped into believing, and I am going to say this. Uh, In in generational curses today, and you've got to get these things broken off of your life, and uh, Sister Smell Fungus wrote this book about this and Brother Ding Dong wrote this book about that and, and they make a lot of money doing it but nobody's really getting set free because the curse is already broken and if people just get a revelation of Jesus Christ that if He broke the sin listen, if He broke the biggest generational curse of Adam's sin what other curses possibly could there be that have any hold on me whatsoever? Come on. Let's, let's see what the scripture says here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He became a curse. Ain't no curse hunting me down. If it's hunting me down, it can't find me. Because I'm in him. The scripture says my life is hidden in Christ. Woo! There, ain't no, there is no such power over you. No such power. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell and the devil loves preaching it through people. This finishes it right here. God said at one time that I will, I will not pardon all your iniquity, and and it will be visited to the second, third, and fourth generations. The sin is going to continue to be passed down, and I will continue to account it by my family. He said that in the book of Exodus. We're not living in Exodus. Something happened outside of Jerusalem on a hill called Golgotha where the Son of the living God, the Son of God and the Son of Man, was suspended in the air, nailed to that tree, that cursed tree, and became a curse. And one of the last things He did, because the Scripture talks about the children's teeth set on edge from sour grapes. Remember that? Hmm? Basically eating their father's sin. And it visiting them. But one of the last things Jesus did in John chapter 19, he said, I thirst. And what did they hand him? Sour wine. And he says, and when he had taken the sour wine, he said, it is finished. The generational curse is stopped. It's over. Woo! So your blessing... Right now, your, your reality right now is blessed, 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 blessed. And it will continue from you to your children, your children's children. You need to declare that over your life. You need to declare that. Listen to me. If you, maybe if, you're, if you've had some things maybe handed down, maybe health-wise or not, hey, listen, don't accept it. You don't have to accept it. You say, no, just because my grandma had that and my mom had that or my granddad. No, no, I don't have to have that. I'm in a whole new lineage. Christ became a curse for me. I am out from under every generational. Trespass, curse, sickness, disease. I will have no part of it. It will have no part in my life and it will have no part in my family's life from here on out. This curse stops because I believe what Jesus has done for me is a thorough, finished, done work. And I'm going to live in the reality of the finished work. Hmm? You know, I'm watching my dad right now fight Parkinson's disease. And it's not an easy fight. But I'm, I'm watching him. And as his son, I have to say, it's, it's one of the most incredible times in my life to watch his faith express. I've seen my dad walk by faith all my life in some measure, but when the body is not yet willing, but yet in spirit, he continues to say, I walk by faith. I am healed by His stripes. That inspires me because, you know, the right now reality of this world tells me it ain't working. If I'm just going to go by what I'm seeing, my family. That's why we can't do that. That's why we're we're not commanded to do that. Our reality is we walk by faith, not by side. And so I know because of that and faith is the victory that overcomes the world, I know that it's not going to be long before his body unlocks and gives in to this healing power. I I fully believe it. I don't have any doubts in my heart about it. But you have to push past the difficulty of what you see. The challenge that lays before you, the the impossibility that's glaring at you from... Yeah. Huh? Come on, talk to me. The darkness. The despair. The, the hopelessness. Yeah. That's right. See, we have to see... If we're really going to see God's intervention, we have to be convinced of Him more than what we're seeing. Now, I know. I'm saying it right now in church. It feels good to say it, but tomorrow when you come into the situation or you're reminded again, well, this is the real world. Listen! Faith is your real world. Faith is perceiving as real fact those things which are not revealed to the senses. Listen, there are those out there that are in the deepest, darkest despair and they need you to be that light. They need you to be that person who will speak into that darkness and declare what God has said who contrary to hope, you're still in hope, I still believe. Listen, I've seen too many miracles happen I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've read it in the scripture. Yeah, and I believe that. And I will always believe it because the word said that whether I see it or not. But I've seen it too. I've seen the miraculous power of God do something instantaneously sudden. What looked like was the darkest moment. It was over. It was up. Even the doctors raised their hands and said this is done. But God said no, 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 no. no." He is still a miracle working God. He's still at work today. And so... Well, Pastor Eric, we don't want to get people's hopes up. Why are we here? We're just going to act like everybody else? Well, it's at this... Okay, we well, yeah, it's too far gone. Says who? Says who? It's not over. Until God says... Hmm? He just needs us to believe. Any believers here in the room today? I know there are some of you, listen to me, I know there are some of you that are here in this room today, you are in a situation that is hopeless. You're facing something right now that is contrary to hope. And if that's you, I want you to stand up where you're seated right now. Because we are going to take a stand in faith today together. We're going to take a stand together in faith and we're going to say, no, 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 no. Abraham was contrary to hope and in hope he believed. And guess what? He got what he believed. He didn't get the contrary to hope. He got what he believed. And the scripture says that you and I have what he became a curse that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. My family, what that means is you get what Abraham got. I don't care how contrary this looks to hope. You stay in hope. You believe what God has said. Be fully persuaded that what God said he could do, he will do it. What he promised, he is faithful to perform that thing. Lord, we're standing here today raw before you in faith. We have nothing else to give you but to believe you because God, without you, it really is impossible. But God with you, all things are possible. So we choose to believe our God who is able, who is willing. Who is the one who came to set the captives free? To open the blind eyes, to heal every sickness, disease, malady, calamity, pain in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you came and you broke the curse of poverty from our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your compassion that never fails. Thank you for what you did. You did it so thoroughly so that we could stand here today confident in you. Boldly speak. If we can boldly speak on Judgment Day, we can boldly speak right now. That with God, anything's possible. I choose to believe God today. I choose to believe God for you, for your situation. He's on your side. Believe in Him. Believe in Him. Believe Him. Thank you, Father, for the incredible. Right now, I believe right now the darkness is trembling. I believe that weakness is leaving. Strength is coming. Disease is dissipating and life is coming lack is leaving and provision and blessing and prosperity are breaking forth in jesus name Woo! hallelujah yeah 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 you're not down and out you're not down for the count <laughs> Oh, my goodness. God loves us so much. So, thank you, Lord. Okay. As you're standing here today, I want you to understand. Standing here isn't paying for this to happen. Praying hard doesn't, it's not not paying for this to happen. He paid for it already. So you just rest in Him. And what He is saying is remember this love has been perfected. In order for you to boldly declare and to understand that you are as He is, you must simply let Him love you. So just let him love you. Say, Lord, I receive your love. I know you love me. Help me to understand it even more. I receive your love. It's because you love me. It's not because I've, I've done something to get your attention. It's just because you love me. Let your love be perfected in me. Let it grow in me. Let it, let it take over. Hallelujah. And this, this will arm you. Arm you against the world, the wiles of the devil, the things of this world. And when you know your love, pfft, it doesn't matter. And the truth is, in the end, we all win anyway. Death is not. Death is not failure. Not for the believer. Death is a door to everlasting life. It's just, it's just the doorway. That's all it is. It's not failure. It's not the end. It's just a doorway. Woo! We win, we win, we win, we win. We win here, we win there, we win everywhere. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Man, I'm telling you what, the anointing is so strong here. The love of God is so powerful right now. I don't know what you needed today, but He came to give it to you. I'm telling you. He came to fight for you, for you today. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Praise you, Jesus. I don't know what to say to that except amen. Amen. <laughs> Have... Faith in God. Amen. Woo, let's go out of here now. Let's stand up. I can't it's gonna be a mess if I keep in this. Oh, thank you Lord. Let's do that. Can we sing that real quick? Raise a hallelujah. Your mom said it. I said, yeah, that's the song.
1: than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah
0: Heaven comes to fight for
1: me I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Oh, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, my hope will arise. Because death is defeated and the King is alive. I'm gonna sing. Come on! I'm gonna sing. In the middle of the storm, every time, louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes. My hope will arise. Death is defeated and the King is alive. raise a hallelujah I will watch I will wash the darkness free I'll raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery I'll raise a hallelujah in fear you lost your hope And I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder, louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes. My hope will arise yet yeah. death is defeated and the King is alive. I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. And the King is alive.
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes and amen. All His promises. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Come on, say it. Yes and amen. In Jesus' name. Woo. I was just reminded of a scripture. I want to leave you with this. It just came up in my spirit. I want you to take this with you because we got to get louder. We have, we have to get louder than our circumstances. Huh? This false prophet... His mouth has been apprehended by God. He's been hired to curse Israel and God won't let him do it. His name is Balaam. Remember when his donkey talked to him? It doesn't just happen in Narnia. And he's standing up there. He's looking out over Israel. And he wants to, he's hired to curse him. But God says, nope, nope, nope. And he says these words. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Oh, but if you read just a few chapters earlier, he had observed all kinds of iniquity in Jacob, but not when the enemy has something to say. It's a little different deal. God God deals with fame in a whole different way, doesn't he? He's like, no, no, you don't get, I get to say, you don't get to say that. So this is what I'm going to make the enemy say about my people. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Now watch this. The Lord God is with them. And the shout... Of a king is among them and the shout of a king is among them I said the shout of a king yeah the one who's on top the one who's ruling and reigning that shout is among them the shout that Kings get to shout is your shout amen You reign, you rule, therefore you shout the victory. Come on, why don't we shout the victory today? The shout of a king is among us. The shout of the king, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the king of a kingdom that will never end. Amen. Woo. Remember that. Remember that. Listen to me. Don't stay quiet. Here, we can do it together. When you get out there and stuff starts shouting, you go, no, I've got the shout of a king. I'm the one with the shout of victory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you, God, for the miracles we are expecting, God. The breakthroughs, the healings, the miraculous power of our God. Woo. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're with your people, and they're going out just like you've been blessed. You've blessed them, and they're coming in. The blessing of Abraham is upon them. There is no curse that has any power any longer. And where they go, they are blessed, and everything their hands touch shall prosper. The shout of the king is among them. I thank you, Lord. Right now, I declare grace and peace be multiplied to them and all of their house. That peace would be their guard. Thank you for healing, provision. Thank you, Lord, for rest. Rest in Jesus' name. We rest from our work because we rest in your work. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. And cause his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you and all of your house. And give you peace. In Jesus name. Amen. With God all things are possible. In Jesus name. Be blessed.
1: Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause
0: Church. Please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.